they always say every overnight success is 15 years in the making, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was definitely not an overnight success. You know, I spent over 10 years uh, developing leadership skills and sales and marketing skills and coaching and mentoring and teaching in a corporate environment. I was managing 17 locations and I built a team of 100 people from the ground up, wow. uh, you know, before I started my business. So there was 10 years of preparation learning. and learning and growth that happened before I ever even thought about starting my own business. It's a journey. It's certainly not a straight line, lots of high highs, lots of low lows. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think for me, it's, it's really been a, a journey of um, just living my life purpose, being of service to others, um, just asking myself every day how I can make a positive impact on, on people and on their families and business and entrepreneurship is a great way to do that. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro. Welcome to the Balancing Chaos podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we'll talk about wellness, motherhood, and some really exciting things in between. My goal is to help you develop a lifestyle that promotes health, wholeness, and success. Through my conversations with our experts and guests, I hope to inspire you to live a beautiful, full, and joyful life as you navigate balancing the chaos. Welcome everybody to the Balancing Chaos podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Kelly Roach, a powerhouse business strategist, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. Kelly's remarkable journey from being a Fortune 500 executive to building her own eight-figure plus company without any debt, investors, or outside funding is truly inspiring, and I can't wait to find out how she did it. As the founder of Kelly Roach Coaching and the creator of the Live Launch Method, she has empowered countless entrepreneurs to achieve financial and lifestyle freedom through her accountability-driven approach and strategic online marketing strategies. Kelly's expertise has earned her recognition in major media outlets and prestigious awards, and she is also the co-founder of the Courageous Brand, a program that is dedicated to empowering young girls and fostering leadership with a deep commitment to philanthropy. Kelly's Human Family Foundation brings clean drinking water to those in need. So get ready for a no-nonsense conversation filled with actionable insights as Kelly shares her wisdom on achieving business success, embracing a long-term mindset, and making a lasting impact. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Kelly. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. I love like this topic. Um, and I think that it's really fascinating. So you were in like a very corporate role from like when you first started your career and then you turned it into this amazing coaching business that you have. And I always find it like fascinating when you hear people say like eight figures, like that is huge. Like that's nothing to like shy away from. And so was it like an overnight success? Was it like this took years and years to build? Can you talk to our audience a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, they always say every overnight success is 15 years in the making, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was definitely not an overnight success. You know, I spent over 10 years uh, developing leadership skills and sales and marketing skills and coaching and mentoring and teaching in a corporate environment. I was managing 17 locations and I built a team of 100 people from the ground up, wow. uh, you know, before I started my business. So there was 10 years of preparation learning. 
and learning and growth that happened before I ever even thought about starting my own business. When I started my business, I was actually still working full time. So it was a little side hustle. I was out uh, you know, on my lunch break, making phone calls and sending text messages and posting on social media to, to try and get the business off the ground. Right. And I was a new mom and I had uh, retired my husband because we had decided that we didn't wanna put our daughter in daycare. So I was working the job to try and fund the business, to try and keep the husband home so we could focus on our daughter. And it was a really crazy, journey, but so worth it. So, so worth it. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, um, went to six figures and then to seven figures and eight figures. And now I run a portfolio of six companies and I have two presidents. So I have teams in each of the different businesses. Some of them are completely autonomous. So I don't actually participate in the day-to-day of them. I just work in the you know, strategic collaborative um, role. It's a journey. It's certainly not a straight line, lots of high highs, lots of low lows. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think for me, it's it's really been a, a journey of um, just living my life purpose, being of service to others, um, just asking myself every day how I can make a positive impact on, on people and on their families and business and entrepreneurship is a great way to do that. It really, really is. And I never thought it would be something that I personally did. I always thought yeah. I was going to live like that more corporate, you know, yeah, me too. clock in, clock yeah. out. I like never, that's... I never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. It was <laughs> never my, it was never my goal. So I want to hear your story. And then I want to also ask this kind of frame this question up to you in the same moment. But do you think that there are certain people that are just more built for the entrepreneurship life story? Do you feel like everyone can do it? Because I've heard very different perspectives yeah. on this. Um, so I would love to hear that. And, and if you think that there are certain people like, are like, give us some qualities of yours that like kind of align with the. Yeah. I mean, do I think everyone can do it? I think, yeah, I think everyone to a certain degree can do it. Do I think that it will create a good life for most people? No, I don't. Um, You know, entrepreneurship requires an extremely high tolerance for risk, failure. There's many days where it's extremely thankless and you have to be someone, I believe, who's actually like destined to uh, use your gifts in that way for it to be a positive choice for your life. So to me, it's not so much can everyone do it it's more so should everyone do it and the answer is no everyone shouldn't do it you know i mentioned about my teams i have really unbelievably talented people that work for me and most of the people that i have in managerial roles and vice president roles and executive roles in my various companies are people that were once entrepreneurs themselves and they had a lot of success but realized that it just wasn't for them they wanted to actually be on a team and be part of a bigger vision and be part of an organization where they could focus on really excelling at you know a dimension of the business versus you know entrepreneurship where you're spread across so many different elements of the business and so you know if there's a thing that you love to do starting a business doing that thing in in many ways is actually going to take that away from you so for example if you if you love to coach and you want to build a coaching company you're going to end up spending very little time coaching And the reason why for me, it worked out and I still love it and I can still keep building even after building an eight figure company is that I actually, as a business strategist, I love the process of building 
businesses. I enjoy the process of building teams and managing companies. That's a very different skill set than if my passion and my only desire was to coach. That would be a better fit for someone on my team where I have full-time coaches, many of them, right? right? Because their focus and their energy is being applied to the craft of coaching. Whereas my focus and my energy is being focused and spent on business growth strategy and management and all the things that come with that, right? I love that you brought that up because this was a really pivotal year for me and my business where Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, okay, there's only one of me, right? And I'm like, up until this point at the end of year three, I was fully booked all the time. And we kept raising our prices, raising our prices, raising our prices, and still like fully booked, fully booked, fully booked. You think that like raising your prices is going to like give you more of your time back, right? The answer that so many um, people had given me, like uh, mentors and things at the time was like, just hire more coaches. And I was like, you know what? That is actually not the direction that I want to go in growing my business. So it was a very like pivotal time at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, I stopped coaching and we're talking about um, building a physical location for a wellness center. But that's all besides the point. I think what I was, the point I'm trying to make is that like, there's only one of you. And so you have to do the thing that you are good at and what your work on what your strength is. And so I want to, like I said, go back and kind of hear more of your story from the point in time where you decided to leave your corporate role. Did you know that you wanted to help other people with their businesses? What did that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, my goal was not to be an entrepreneur. I really didn't have right. the the desire to be uh, my own boss or be a business owner or whatever the case. I wanted to be a corporate executive, uh, which is exactly <laughs> what I was. Uh, but I, I got there. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I was wow. in the boardrooms. I was doing all the things I had dreamed of. And for me, I just couldn't shake the feeling that I was given these gifts and I had this talent and capability uh, in the world of business and that I needed to be using that gift to help people. And I was making this one big corporation, millions and millions of dollars, but I didn't feel like my gifts were being applied in a way that was really making a difference. And so for me, I specifically chose to focus on the small business market because I could very clearly see that the reason why so many businesses went out of business in their first five years was because most people that get into business, they have a passion for a craft. They are, they have something that they care deeply about that they're very good at. Right. But most of them did not have PL responsibility and management responsibility and years of leadership training and a sales background and a marketing background and all of the other things that come with building a business. And so I decided I really wanted to dedicate my time and my energy and my life to helping people that truly want to bring their gift to the world in a meaningful way, understand that marriage of the business strategy that is needed to take the craft or the talent that they have and actually, uh, you know, bring that to the world in a meaningful way. So for me, it was it was very intentional to want to work with small businesses because I knew that education and, and that background just simply wasn't there for most people. So when you started, you were just coaching people on their small businesses. 
Mm-hmm. And then it grew. and I started really focused on sales training because that's what my background was in. So okay. I started off and I was going into small businesses and teaching them how to build and design a sales system, which is what okay. I had done. It's how I got all my promotions and how I had done everything that I had done because like sales is the lifeblood of a business. So I started by just saying, you know, let me help you get a sales system in place mm. so that you can stay in business and you can start growing, right? And and then obviously like over a period of years, it expanded, you know, from sales into marketing and all of the other things. But I just took the thing that was what had made me so successful in the corporate world. And I brought that to the small business world. I know that like when I made the transition, from being in a corporate role. And I was working probably like, I don't know, 60 hours a week. I was working a lot. I had this vision in my mind of like, I'm gonna become an entrepreneur and I'm gonna work less. (laughs) And that was not the case for me literally until probably six months ago. And I think it's because partly when you are an entrepreneur and it's your baby, you really cared so deeply about Mm -hmm. it. Um, But like when when you made the transition, did you feel as though, you were going to have more of a work-life balance and how do you coach or how do your coaches coach people now on like being able to create this? I know that's something that your company prides itself on is like allowing people to have freedom in the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually, it it was one of the things that was really important to me in making the transition to working for myself because my daughter was a newborn, like right as my business was kind of taking off was when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter and she's just turning nine or 10 in a month now. Um, But I never worked as much in my business as I did in my corporate job because I built my business to basically a seven figure business while I was working full time. So I was working like 15, maybe 20 hours a week in my business. And then when I exited from my full-time job, I had been so uh, rigorous, I guess, in my time, the way it had had to be managed because I didn't have a choice um, because I was building my business on the side that I've never worked as many hours in my business as I did in my corporate job. But I think that was very unique because of the fact that I built my business while I was working full time, which, you know, when I first started doing that, I I had a lot of um, comparison and a lot of like, um, I felt very badly about that. Like I I was always worried I was never going to be able to make the business successful or or never going to be able to make it what it could be because I wasn't full-time in it. And very early on, I realized that it's not the amount of hours that you put in. It's it's really the intent and, and the effectiveness of how you use your time and what that time is applied to, right? Sure. Uh, So I have found for me personally that I, I've had a lot more leverage and a lot more life and time freedom as a business owner than I did as a corporate employee. But a lot of that is because of the fact that my background was in building teams and I started building a team from day one, I've had like leverage and scalability in the business model from a very early stage. And, you know, I think that for a lot of people, they learn very far into their entrepreneurial journey, how important that is, right? Mm -hmm. And then that that's a multi year process, right? 
I started my first company in 2012. So it's about to turn 11 years old ish. Right. So, so it's, you know, been 11 years of building winning teams. And when I started my other companies, I was able to promote people out of my first business and into my second business and into my third and so forth. So it's just a little bit of a unique case. But what I would say for anybody listening is you can't close the freedom loop in entrepreneurship without a winning team. And I think to your point earlier, it's really important to make sure that you're setting the structure and business model that you're creating in your business based on your vision, your goals, your desires, Mm -hmm. because I could sit here and say, well, I have a team of, you know, 50 people and I love it. And it's so fun and it's so great and it's perfect for me. But for someone else, that would be hell on earth for them. And I think what happens a lot of times is like, when you're building your business, maybe you start working with a, a mentor or a coach or whatever, and you start to um, take on their model for success as yes. your own. And that's not a bad thing to like be inspired and, you know, to like want to learn from the people that are, you know, modeling for you. But I will tell you when I'm coaching people, most of the time when I'm providing advisement, and this is why I like having six companies that are different business models, different price points, different structures, different types of offers. A lot of times the the advice that I'm giving is not necessarily going to be modeling what I'm doing. Because it really has to be in alignment with your life goals, your strengths, your vision, your preferences, all of those things. So I would just say for everyone listening, like really knowing that the end goal is building a great life and loving what you do Mm -hmm. and enjoying the process of building something that you don't want to retire from. Like that's my whole goal. My whole goal when I was working in corporate was like work as hard as fast as you can make as much money as you can so you can get the F out. My goal in my business is make the most beautiful, perfect, enjoyable symphony orchestra working together in this business in unison so that I never want to sell it so that I never want to retire from it, be able to retire, be able to sell it. Mm-hmm. but not want to. That's really beautifully put. My husband and I have that conversation a lot. Like there, and his philosophy is like, oh, I think that there are people out there who like are, you either work to live or you live to work. And I'm like, I definitely want to be the person who works to live. Like I like, I mean, sorry, lives to work. Cause I like, I enjoy the work that I do. Like yeah. I, I like what I do and it gives me a sense of fulfillment sure. that money is For never sure. going to give you. Um, yeah. And, and I feel the same way. Like I, I love to work also and, and I don't intend to not work. Like as long as I'm able, I, I, I want to work. I want to contribute. I, I want to, I want to use my gifts, but I also want to have freedom of choice. Yeah. And, and that I think is the goal is freedom of choice. You're choosing your life. You're choosing your work style. You're choosing the hours that you're working, when you're working, how much, how often, and with whom, and on what. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. But it takes many, many years of sacrifice and intention to build something that can provide all of those freedoms. And I think a lot of people get frustrated early on, um, you know, in that process, but it, it takes years. It takes years, right? So with that being said, like talking about like the time it takes and like, I think that what what I run into a lot in my practice with the women I work with is women who like are like, I have an idea 
and I have an, like an, like an idea that I want to do, you know, that I feel like would fulfill me and give me more purpose, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I'm too scared to do it. What is the most important piece of the puzzle? I should say, I guess that like in order to understand, like, because I think everybody's afraid that it's going to fail. I know I was afraid when I started my business, but I I'm kind of like, I'm a very risk taker type of person. I'm like, well, if it does, whatever, we'll, I'll figure it out on the back end. Um, but is it like the P like, you know, making the revenue model or is it like sussing out what your competition is or what is, what's the biggest predictor of success? Well, number one, it's your relationship with failure because entrepreneurship is an iterative process and it can't be done in theory, right? That's why people graduate from Harvard with an MBA and they still don't know how to run a business. Yeah. You can't pay to learn how to run a business. You can only get into action and start building a business. It's an iterative process. And most of the time you're off track and you're just constantly course correcting. So your relationship with failure is the most important thing that's gonna determine your success. Because if you get emotionally compromised every time you make a mistake or something goes wrong or there's a failure in a business and it takes you three weeks to recover, you're screwed. You know, like great entrepreneurs fail more often than average entrepreneurs. It's just that they recover more quickly. So that's number one is just your relationship with failure. The second one is just self-trust, right? You have to trust yourself. And trusting yourself doesn't mean you're right all the time. Trusting yourself doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. Trusting yourself doesn't mean you don't fail. Trusting yourself means that you believe in yourself. You mm. believe that you have a purpose. You have you have a reason for doing what you're doing, that there's a plan for your life, that you have a set of gifts, that the intention is for you to use those gifts and that you're, you can trust yourself that even though you will make mistakes and you will have failures, you trust yourself that you will course correct, you'll get back up, you'll fix the problems and, and you'll keep going forward. And I think the third one is just not caring what other people think. Because the people that are ahead of you, they're always going to be the ones cheering for you. And the people that have something to say about you are the people that aren't doing anything anyway. And I think that's the hardest thing for people in the early stages because they have, they get so many opinions and feedback from all the wrong people. Mm. And that's the kind of stuff that can really like totally you off track. Right. Hundred percent. I think that's really, really good advice. And it, it sounds like to me, like, you know, when I was thinking about the question, it was like, I was like thinking from a more like tangible, like logistical sense. And you're like, no, it's about your mindset. Like it's oh, about it, it is. It, it, Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And listen, I'm a strategist. Like my favorite thing to do <laughs> yeah. is strategy, but here's the thing. I know that I can get, I can give anyone a plan to build an eight figure business. I can do it over and over and over again, and I can show people how to do it, and I've helped people to do it. But if someone doesn't have the mindset and the the self-trust and the self-awareness and the tolerance for risk or tolerance for failure, the plan doesn't matter. So in order for me to do strategy effectively with people, I have to also be working on the brain training and the mindset and the belief system because without that, the strategy doesn't really matter. Totally. Yeah. Like if you're that person who thinks that, like we've talked a lot about building teams, like you have to do it all yourself, which is something I thought for a very long time. It's like, well, then you're never going to be able to expand to that eight figure place. So I want to ask a specific question on that. And then we can move um, on to, I want to talk about some sales strategies when it comes to that idea of that, like growth, right? Because I think that that 
like to be fully transparent, I haven't talked on my podcast a lot about my business in a long time, but I think a place where I got stuck was from that like lower six figures into that like higher six figures number. And I was like, why can't I get past this? Like, what is the issue here? When is the right time or is it different for everybody? Or is there a way to know when the right time is to maybe switch up your model to hire more people? Should we be hiring somebody to help us right away? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, the sooner the better in terms of hiring, because when you think about it, the vast majority of tasks that that are needed to run and grow a business are not tasks that you should be doing. Either you're horrible at them or it's, you know, a task that doesn't require the same income level that you would require for it to be done. So when I was starting my first business, the first thing that I did was hire a VA. So like I got help before I got my first client. I also hired a coach before I had my first client. So I was immediately building my team from the start. And, And that I can say people are always like, what are the biggest mistakes that you made? Though, though I actually did it right. Like I, I did it right. I made a lot of mistakes and, and I, we could talk about those too. But to answer your question, like those two things of starting building my team and my support system from day one, like that was make or break, right? So get the administrative and the tactical and the tech stuff off your plate right away. That can be an hourly fractional admin. Um, that could be a VA. That could be, you know, just a, even a yeah. college intern, just someone to take all that tactical stuff off your plate. Uh, and then the next thing you should think about is someone that's going to help you with uh, marketing and promotion and, and visibility so that you can build an audience and create sales conversations, right? Because if you think about it, what grows a business is going to be content conversations and consultations, the the three C's. That's how you're gonna build your business. So anything that you can do that can have someone help you to get your content and your invitations for a conversation in front of more people is gonna help you to accelerate that process, right? And I think a big mistake that people make when they start hiring team is they, they don't understand that in order to sustain a really high powered team, they're gonna cost you a lot of money. If you wanna hire the right people, like winning champions that are gonna build a really exceptional business, they're gonna cost you a lot of money. So that means that you have to design roles and job descriptions in which they're able to contribute to the revenue production of the business. Because otherwise you work for them, they don't work for you. Yeah. And this is the trap that most entrepreneurs fall into. They work for their team, their team doesn't work for them. The entrepreneur is now working and waking up in the morning and killing themselves 60 hours a week so that they can pay payroll for their team. Yes, I've heard this And that does not work, that model does not work. That is like definite burnout right there, right? Um, It's like crash and burn. So it's just being really intentional about how are you constructing the role? How are you using the people that you have? you know, I think a lot of people in the entrepreneurial space don't understand the importance of hiring people that have a revenue production, um, you know, focus. And it's very dangerous when the business owner is the only person producing revenue for a hundred reasons, right? But it's, it's just one of those things where for a lot of business owners, you have to push yourself like way out of your comfort zone. um, Because now you're hiring people and managing people in roles that 
you're not the greatest at, there's a huge learning curve, there's a gap in leadership, all of those things, but you just have to push yourself to learn through that. Read books, take classes, practice, you know, put yourself in spaces and places yeah. with other people that are building teams. But yeah, so to answer your question, hire as soon as you possibly can. You can start off with fractional support, admin ops and tactical stuff off your plate first, take back your time, focus your time and energy on revenue production, content creation, visibility, audience building, and then bring someone in that can help you with revenue production. I think that's a really, really great like way to look at things. Um, and I just like I'm applying this again, like in my own mind to when I was still coaching, like one of the things last year that I did was I brought somebody on who could help me take on consultations. And like, mm -hmm. so that like I, way I was not doing all the consultations yeah. myself still, because that yeah. was such a big time thing for me. And yeah. yes, most of the people sign on, but it's like, I need that time back so that I can focus on strategy and other things that I want to focus on. And so, um, it, it was also probably the hardest thing I ever did because I was like, oh my gosh, like I hate giving up this control to somebody else who like, what if they make a mistake in the sales process or what if they do this wrong in the sales process? Yeah. So there's just, yeah, it, I think that it is learning as you go and being more comfortable with, with, giving up some of that control as you yeah and it's not just giving up control it's also giving up revenue because let's be honest when when you're the main salesperson many times you can have like an 80 90 percent close rate yep <laughs> exactly. when you pass that over to someone that's not you that's immediately going to drop to 40 to 50 percent sometimes even down to 30 percent and so when we talk about sustaining risk that's a huge piece of it because you're buying back your time you're mm. taking back your life. You're getting your quality of life back because you're not having to sit on these calls all day long. But at the same time, you have to understand your sales will go back before they go forward. Yep. And that's where a lot of people really panic and they're like, I can't do this. This is, you know, killing my business, you know, so on and so forth. But it's just, it's risk reward, right? And right. it's getting through that that peak um, and valley and and like over to the the other side. It's a really great point because that's exactly what happened to me. So yeah. I hear you on yeah, that. It's natural. It's yeah. natural. Hi, I'm Kelly Namiro, your host, certified holistic hormone coach and Pilates instructor for the WBK method. You can consider me your guide in helping you curate the very best version of yourself from the inside out. Feeling physically better by optimizing your hormones to feeling mentally and emotionally better by creating a more deep and grounded connection with yourself. I get questions all the time in my DMs about things like, what supplements should I be taking for my menopause symptoms? Or is it normal that I'm always exhausted? My doctor said that's what happens as I get older. Or maybe I gained 20 pounds in the last couple of years and I have no idea how to lose it. And even I'm chronically bloated and I've tried every elimination diet. Please help. But here's the thing. There are no quick fixes out there. Until you know the root cause of what's going on in your body and you use precision supplementation, a targeted diet, and mindset and lifestyle changes that are specific to your unique circumstances and lab values, you're never going to be able to heal. Throwing just random supplements that make all these promises or a restrictive diet at a weight issue is never going to work because it's not focused on what's going on internally with you. And often we can make the problem worse when we do these things. And that's why I've created the WBK lab review package. In this package, you'll receive lab kits and a custom lab form based on your symptoms and health history. Once you've completed the saliva kit for your adrenals, the stool kit for your gut health, and the blood tests for your hormones and other health markers, we'll sit down together and 
can create a customized plan that will help you balance your hormones in a holistic way so that you can lose weight, have more energy, maintain a balanced mood, and achieve the results that you've been wanting. This year, it is time to get the results that you've been dreaming of because you're targeting your unique system. If you're ready to experience more energy, comfort, confidence in your body, and relief from those nagging symptoms that have been bringing you down, I would love to support you in doing just that. This program includes a one-on-one call between you and me, all of the labs needed to create your customized protocol, and a PDF with your unique plan that you'll be following going forward so that you can take your time in implementing your new diet, supplements, and lifestyle changes. To learn more about this, head to the link in the show notes or go to wellnessbykelly.com to learn more about the WBK lab review. Another thing that we've talked a little bit about and what you were telling me, like the background that you came from obviously was sales. You emphasize in the content that I've seen, um, you know, in on your website and everything else is like timeless business principles and um, online marketing strategies. Can you provide some examples of these timeless principles and how they can be combined with modern approach, like marketing approaches? Yeah. I mean, basically, if you look at what billion dollar corporations have done really well. I came from the the company that I worked for wasn't just a Fortune 500. It was the number one in the world in its categories publicly traded on the stock market. So we're talking like global multi billion dollar, right? The same thing that built these corporations, which were campaigns and email marketing and cold calling and relationship management and referral marketing. These are principles that are like as old as dirt. Okay. Like these basic fundamentals are simple things that can be applied in any business across any industry, anytime, and they're going to work for forever. And when you look at most entrepreneurial businesses, they've separated traditional sales strategy mm-hmm. from online marketing, and they're relying almost exclusively on online marketing. And because of that, they get a very, very, very small return for a very, very, very significant amount of effort. Yeah. Whereas if you add the teeth that are the timeless sales strategies that corporations have used to become billion dollar companies and you marry that with online marketing you can get a far greater return on investment for the time and energy that you're already spending i look at small businesses all day every day this is what i do right most small businesses don't have a strategy for renewals. They don't have a strategy for upsells. They don't have a strategy for reactivating past customers. They don't have referral marketing campaigns. They're not doing, you know, relationship management with the people in their databases. They're not doing any of the basic fundamentals. And yet the business owner is spending 50 hours a week, social media marketing and wondering why their business isn't growing. Well, this is why your business isn't growing because the foundation of success isn't there and you're layering marketing on top of a shoddy foundation. This is why it's really important to be careful of who you coach with and who you train with because a lot of people that are coaching business owners in the online space have never actually built a business before, and they've never actually worked for a traditional business in a managerial and business building capacity. So they would have no idea. It would not even be in their frame of reference 
right to talk about these things because they've never experienced them because they don't know them because all they know is what they know from starting their business online starting an online business in in many ways if you don't have a traditional business building background skips over a lot of the foundational things that are what's going to actually make your business profitable and so that's another reason why so many online businesses they might have seven figures in revenue but they have no profit because they're putting all the front end marketing efforts out and that marketing is effective but then what happens after the marketing is it just kind of like falls through because that foundation isn't there. Right. That's a really, really good point. I think yeah. that that like there are so many like online business coaches out there mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to like, like say anyone's not good at their job, but like they started their co- company without like the experience that you're saying, like we know you have. And so it's like, you, they don't necessarily have the background of like all of those fundamental things that are really important. Like I know from, from just for myself, like the idea of having like my, um, newsletter and like my email list and all of that stuff, like has been so foundationally like important because like, what if Instagram goes away and that's how we do our referral program and all of the things that you just talked about. So, um, I think that that's really, really critical. So, Um, in all of that, I want to just like, now that we've kind of talked about like needing to have those fundamentals first for somebody who does have an online business and does want to do, you know, social media or online marketing, where do they start? Cause I will tell you like from somebody who, again, like who has failed at a lot of things in my business. One thing that has just never worked for me is like doing social media ads, like I've mm-hmm. tried it numerous times. It's never been successful. The only thing that's like really works is like me showing up on my personal page and like promoting the business or like, again, like our referral program, some of the more traditional methods. So talk about what you see works um, and how people can apply that to their own business. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it and and one of the reasons why I have six companies is I never want to get detached from what my clients are feeling and going through. So yeah, yeah. I have a business that's 11 years old, that's a very scaled up and, and mature business. But I also have little baby businesses that are less than one year old that are just going through the foundational business building steps, right? right. And so that allows me to stay really connected and in tune with people at all of those stages. If you're starting a business today, number one thing is content creation, Number two thing is audience building. Number three thing is building your email list. The fourth thing that you then need to layer on top of that is you need to be making offers. And in making offers, you can be doing that a thousand different ways for a consultation to make one-to-one sales, Mm -hmm. or you can go the method of launching, which is going to allow you to acquire clients one-to-many. So if you think about it, it's like building block one, content creation, building block two, creating and building an audience so that people are seeing and consuming your content to build the know, like, and trust process. Step number three, building an email list so that there's a place for people to safely consume something that you own, a way for you to make offers, a way for you to invite to your conversion events, you know, so on and so forth. 
And step number four is making offers. And you can do that one-to-one with consultations. You can do that one-to-many with launches. But those are essentially the four steps that you're going to go through. And you can do that all organically, or you can do that with running paid advertising. Uh, I have a marketing agency. That's one of my companies in my portfolio. Um, It's just under a million dollar company at this point. It's one year old. And um, we did it all organically. No ads, no advertising, no anything. Um, And we just followed that exact process that I just walked you through. Um, So, so, so that's it. Right. So if you can really understand those four things and do them well um, and be consistent and be frequent and, you know, really focus on being in the psychology and the operating reality of your target market, you know, you can win. I love that. I think that that gives people a lot of hope and a lot of like, like tangible things that they like very like tangible plan of like these three steps that they can take away. Now, when it comes to like building the audience itself, I think that that's where a lot of people have a lot of fear. Like I'm never going to be able to build an audience. This market is so saturated. How am I going to be able to find people? What's the best? I know this is a very specific question, but like space for people at this point, should they be on TikTok? Should they be on YouTube? Should they be, where should people be? marketing. Themselves. Yeah, it's not really about a specific platform because you can look at any platform and you're going to find people that that's where they're successful, right? So sure. it's not about this versus that, but it is about committing, right? Yeah. And and it's presence and it's commitment and it's investment and it's relationship. Um, you know, I always say you want to have at least one major and one minor because you need an insurance policy. Social media platforms get shut down all the time. Accounts get shut down all the time. So you need to have a primary and a backup. But, you know, it's really about you picking. It's like pick your poison, right? Right. What are you going to commit to? Show up, be present, interact, respond to every message, respond to every comment, um, request people, follow people, engage with other people's content, like be part of the conversation, be social, and you will see that come back to you. Beautifully said. So I know that like, this is a very broad question given like what the amount of time we have and um, what were, but if you can give us some like highlight points of like seeing people accelerate their businesses to that like seven, eight figure mark, is there certain things, certain strategies, certain tools that people are implementing to round that corner and like hit that type of a milestone, the people that you're working with. And I'm sure that like a lot of it comes from the coaching and the things that you're doing, but if you can give us just some insight into that. Yeah. I mean, the, the vast majority of clients that we've helped to achieve seven and eight figures, which is a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, have done it with live launching. And that has been the primary, you know, vehicle that people have used, because if you think about it, you're trying to create hyper growth, you need a mechanism that's going to allow you to sell one to many. And the way that we teach live launching is you launch cycles. So you're doing a launch every six to eight weeks, and you're creating launch once, and then you're just doing it over and over again, that allows you to develop develop mastery that allows you to not be recreating the wheel every time you're doing it saves you tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, It allows you to build category leadership. You talked about the saturation, you know, people are so frantic, and they're so disjointed and discombobulated, changing what they're doing every other day, 
that if you pick something and you commit to it and you show up consistently and you have a clear message and you have a congruent message Mm -hmm. and people begin to see that you are the person for this thing, um, you will start to build category leadership. You will start to become known for that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can really simplify it down to, you know, nine out of every 10 clients of ours that have achieved seven and eight figures are successfully live launching. They're doing, they're, they're designing a launch once they're doing it over and over again. They're launching every six to eight weeks. They're selling one to many. Um, and they're developing mastery of their message. So they're not reading a script. They're not using a slide deck. They're not using professional, you know, cameras or any of those things. Um, but they're really showing up wholeheartedly and they're serving and they're inviting and they're teaching and, uh, it works. I, I think that that's great. Like that's such a, like a specific thing. And just so you guys know, um, 75 plus business owners scaled past seven figures over the last 18 months working with Kelly, which is like huge. That's so many people and like not a, not a, like a long amount of time. It's not like that's like in your whole career, that's like in the last 18 months. So that's really impressive. So just to get clarity on that, for those of our listeners who, you know, have never, like, I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, like me and you like we we know what launching is obviously but you're saying they're launching the same exact product or service over and over and over again yeah and that's one of the biggest problems in the online space and um it's something i've been like very very outspoken about because it takes ten thousand hours to develop mastery of something right Mm -hmm. and so if you're constantly changing what you're doing all the time you're always a novice you're never a master and so think about that with your business if you're constantly launching a new product you're constantly changing what you're teaching on you're constantly changing your course you're constantly changing your product you're constantly changing your you know your launch Mm. It's new all the time. Right. It's like you're going from riding a bike to, you know, try to juggle to, you know, try to play tennis to try and play softball. Like instead of just showing up and running the reps every single day and increasing the return and increasing the effectiveness of what you're doing. Right. And so I was an athlete. I was an NFL cheerleader. I was a competitive dancer, competitive cheerleader my whole life. And so when I got into the entrepreneurial space and I saw, what was happening, I was like, no wonder everybody's failing at everything. Like no one's doing enough of anything to actually get good at it. And that's the truth. It takes time. It takes repetition, right? To get good at anything. I don't care whether you're, you know, training for a marathon or, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, learn a new skill in any area of life takes practice. You got to run the reps. And I think, um, Again, like, again, this is what I mean when I say, like, if you're not training with someone that came from a business background, be careful. Because if someone doesn't have the context of, I grew up in, I was 21 years old, I moved into my first management role, and I was responsible for leading teams and building teams to run on metrics. And so there was like this continuity and this pacing and this daily rigor to what we were doing that was extremely disciplined. 
And because of that discipline, you could create predictable and repeatable and scalable results. And that's what we did. But if someone doesn't have that context, and if you don't have that context, like for the people listening, maybe some of you also came from a corporate background. So you know what I'm talking about, and you just need to go apply that in your business. Mm. But maybe some of you listening didn't come from a corporate background. You're like, what is this girl talking about? Well, you better go train with someone that did if you didn't, because otherwise you're making it a thousand times harder for yourself than it needs to be simply because there's there's missing context there. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think that that's such a good point. Like, I think that not having that as a background, you have to like have that support and be able to understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you just in like with like context to that specific question, is there something that business owners sh- like, let's say they're, they're following your model, right. Of the, like launching every six to eight weeks where I'm launching my hormones colors every six to eight weeks. What type of growth should I be looking for quarter over quarter, month over month, or is it going to be different for every single person? Yeah, it's totally different for everyone. And I think again, like there's a capacity conversation, right? There's a season of life conversation because you have to grow your business at a pace that matches the season of life that you're in. And it has to be able to be congruent with the other pieces of your life, right? Uh, Like with the live launch, like you can be doubling your business every six months if you wanna be, but that's not the right fit for everyone, right? It's really like, what do you want? What's what's that sweet spot in income? How many clients do you want to hold space for? How big of a team do you want to have? You know, because it's such a personal journey. And I I personally being the place that I'm at right now, I'm I'm working to go from having one eight figure company. Now I have a portfolio of companies. I'm trying to build it to a hundred million. For me, I'm a hundred percent focused on long game. Yeah. Like it's not a sprint, it's a marathon right? So it's going to be different for every single person that listens to this show. And I think the most important thing is being grounded in your own vision for your life and not getting stuck in comparisonitis of, well, this person just took on a hundred new clients. And then you go take on a hundred clients and you're like, this is hell. Yes. I don't want to do this. I'm not happy. Right. But at the same time, maybe the person next to you is only growing by 10 clients every six months and you love being in chaos growth mode, then you you should set that goal of taking on a hundred clients every you know month right. or, or a couple months. You know what I mean? So I just think it's 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 whatever you dream you can do, but just making sure that it's your dream. It's the most important thing. Because that's right? where the true happiness is. And yeah. like the success yeah. actually comes from because and yeah. and the and the idea that you can have the balance if it's your yeah. vision versus 100%. you trying to live up to somebody else's 100 and the, and the other thing i think people miss is that like you're in control you're driving the car mm. so you can say in this season i'm going to go really fast and really hard for 12 months and then i'm going to take a season where i slow down and that's okay too and i think people think like i can't slow down because in their mind, like slowing down is like forever, right? You're yeah. in control. You can put your foot on. You can put your foot down on the gas if you want. Put your foot down on the brake if you want. And and I think just remembering that is really important too. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of your expertise and experience in coaching 
and mentoring so many people in entrepreneurship. We talked about like what your like if we could highlight one key to success, what that would be, what is like one or a couple of the most common challenges that you see people facing when it comes to achieving financial and lifestyle freedom and give us, yeah, give us a couple examples. Well, yeah. I mean, not building a winning team. Yeah. It's the top. Um, that's one. Two is not looking at the financials and not understanding your numbers because you said, you know, lifestyle and financial freedom. Revenue does not equate to income. Mm. And so you, a lot of business owners avoid the financials and avoid the reporting and they avoid the money because they're not comfortable with it. But that's your life, right? Like that, that impacts every area of your life. So build a winning team, spend time with the numbers every week know your numbers, right? Have a target for not just revenue, but margin and more important than revenue is margin, right? Um, And then, you know, just that relationship with failure. Failure is not final. It's not a death sentence. It's not gonna keep you stuck for forever. The only thing that's gonna keep you in a state of failure is you not getting up and dusting yourself off and just moving forward, right? So, you know, those, those are the three things. And then, you know, obviously in order to grow, you have to get good at sales and marketing. There's no way around it. So a lot of people are like, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a marketer. It's like, you are now. <laughs> You're like, do you want to stay in business? Yeah. Right. So it's just the thing is, is like, if you want to play this game, you have to know the rules of the game and yeah. you have to be willing to participate. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't do it in a way that's authentic for you, that's an integrity for you and, and feels good and feels in alignment. But if you want to be in the game and you want to stay in the game, then you you have to participate in the things that are going to keep yeah, the business humming. Right? And I, I, I think that those two things go back to the point that you make up hiring, right? Because like I, in my role as an entrepreneur, I feel like I'm really good at the sales and marketing. That's something that I thrive on. That was like what I went to go get my yeah. MBA about. Like, I love it. But like the financials, even though I did spend time in my MBA and at, in my like you know, bachelor's degree, looking at different things when it comes to came to finance, like I still am less comfortable with that sure. than I am with the other piece. And so I think it's about being willing and open to honing the skills. And also if you're in a place where you can hiring people to help you with yeah, the things that sure. you're not as good at. So yeah, hundred percent. Um, So talk to us a little bit. I think that I want to hear if you have, Um, I know we're short on time, but I want to hear a little bit about how you went from this, you know, business that is your eight figure 11 year to being like, I'm going to start another business and another Mm -hmm. business and another business. Um, and I know like, do they all play off of each other? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I don't recommend it for most people. I'll start (laughs) by saying that, um, I'm a super unique person because I, enjoy and have the capacity to build teams and run multiple companies. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get distracted too early and too quickly and they start too many things that they can't follow through on. Mm. And I think that if you are going to start other businesses and these were the same rules that I played by when I did it, you want to make sure you're cash comfortable. You want to make sure you have a great leadership team in place and you want to make sure that the business can continue to thrive losing that portion of your attention. So those are the three rules to play by if you're going to start 
something Another. new or think about something new. For me, yeah, most of my businesses tie into entrepreneurship in some way, shape or form. Most of them, um, my personal brand is able to feed them in some way, shape or form. Um, and a lot of them came about because I saw holes in the market where I didn't see category leadership, where I saw an opportunity to create something that filled a need in a unique way that was superior to the other options on the market. And so it made sense to do. And, um, you know, for me, I'm not going to run six companies forever. Some I'll sell, some I'll scale up, some I might close down, you know, like I'll allow the ebbs and the flows as things to, you know, progress. Um, but it's fun and I'm enjoying it right now. And I'm yeah. going to let, I'm going to let it unfold, you know? I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, with all of that said, the last question that we ask everybody on the show has to do with like balancing life. And it sounds like you're, you sound very similar to me in the sense that I don't know if you know, um, like a lot about, um, human design, but I'm a manifesting generator. It's like one of the key things about those types of people is that yeah. they can have different passions and projects and things going on all at once. Um, and they don't like lose energy or get drained by that actually like lights them up, which is really yeah. cool. So when you think about like balancing your life with your daughter and like home life and all of that stuff yeah. is, is there a particular strategy that you have? Like, like I put my phone down or I do X, Y, and Z things to make sure that I maintain a semblance of balance and like peace in my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think first of all, like your mental, physical and emotional health are everything, right? So mm. once that gets compromised, like everything else is out the window. And, you know, a lot of people learn that the hard way. So, you know, when I look at keeping the important balls, the glass balls of yes. life in the air, right? My marriage, my relationship with my daughter, my faith, you know, those things, my health, all of that, it's just being non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. So like when I go out to dinner with my family, I leave my phone at home, make time with my daughter every single day, have us days. I take a lot of Fridays off and I'll have an us day with my husband because Madison's at school because we don't really have a babysitter. So like we're a unit as a family. So we're together on the weekends, right? But that's family time. It's not the same as, you know, investing in your marriage. So it's just uh -huh. knowing what your non-negotiables are in life. And once you know what your non-negotiables are, it's easy because they're non-negotiable. You're not constantly going back and forth or hemming and hawing or making changes. It's just like, no, nope, this is a non-negotiable. This is just the way it is. And your business will conform to that. And I think that a lot of people allow their businesses to just take everything. And then it's really hard to like pull it back. Oh right? my gosh. Yes. A hundred percent. I think that getting really clear with your values or what you said, call yeah. them non-negotiables is like one of the most key things. Cause that's what I did when I first started my business, when we were talking at the very beginning about how I was like, Oh, I thought it was going to work less. And then I wasn't working less. Exactly. It was because it's like, I am up at night answering DMS and trying to schedule consultations and all these things. And you just have to have a point where you say like, no, this is also yeah. one of my priorities and I'm going to turn yeah. it off for, for the sake yeah. of that other thing. So, um, Kelly, this has all been so wonderful. I am so grateful for your time and like all of your wisdom, because I think it's going to be so helpful for our audience. So thank you so much. If somebody wants to work with you, work with your company, follow you on Instagram, 
let us know and I'll put everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Kelly Roach official, I would love to meet you all. So you can just send me a quick DM and say hello. Would love to connect with you and listen to the Kelly Roach show. Um, we're at almost episode 1000. Wow new episodes every single week. I pour my heart into the show. It's a commercial free environment and it's an opportunity to come and learn and grow and get the mindset shifts and the strategy and, you know, just refill your cup so that you can go out in the world and, and use your gifts to your greatest capacity. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great conversation today. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Wellness by Kelly or head over to our website, wellnessbykelly.com. Sign up now for the Wellness by Kelly seven-day free trial on our app or head over to our course and now get 20% off the course or 10% off of the membership with the code Balancing Chaos, all one word, B-A-L-A-N-C-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S. In our course, you'll get access to an emailed lab review plus protocols built out to help you heal with whatever hormonal imbalance you're struggling with. With our membership, you'll receive a library of content with our app with low impact workouts, blood sugar balancing recipes, and mindfulness meditations, all designed to help you balance your hormones and help you feel like you are living your most beautiful, joyful, and vital life. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. That is the best way to help the show grow and get to more listeners. We hope you enjoyed, and I will see you next week.